You're listening to the Teens Need Grace podcast, where youth pastor Evan Magelson equips parents with how to apply the gospel to raising teenagers. We take time to answer your questions, interview the experts, and hopefully give you a laugh along the way. Here's Pastor Evan. Hey everyone, welcome to the Teens Need Grace podcast. I am super excited uh, to have Pastor Robert Rowe with us today. Robert, how are you today? I'm doing great, Evan. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on here. Excited yeah, man. To be with you. We are so excited to have you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, if nobody uh, nobody has heard of you before. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I am uh, first of all a father, uh, a, a husband, I guess I should say first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Been married for married for 23 years uh, to my wife Rebecca. We have five children. Uh, one with Jesus and four here on earth with us. And uh, they range in age from a 20-year-old in college uh, down to a nine-year-old and two in between who are 17 and 14. So wonderful. Uh, so you're fun, in the trenches. You got them oh, all. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. And so, I, so I've, I've been... Uh, yeah, so now I'm. I was in pastoral ministry for a long time and did youth student ministry for about twenty years, and and now I'm. I work for. Uh, I'm in the ministry of See Jesus, uh, and I'm the student ministries coordinator with them. So I work with youth pastors all over the country, all over the world, discipling and helping them uh, in their ministries and helping them see Jesus. So yeah, that's really great. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit how you got uh, came into See Jesus. Yeah, uh, just the quick version is um, I was pretty burned out as a pastor and uh, had kind of come to a point where I thought, man, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of a lot of uh, great things, uh, great teaching, great uh, things that I'm learning, but I'm just uh, I'm preaching the gospel. I'm hearing the gospel. But man, I just felt like there was that I was missing something and went to a discipleship conference one time and uh, a guy introduced, uh, started talking about the person of Jesus in ways I'd never heard before. And I walked out of that place going, man, if I call myself a follower of Jesus, I don't even know who I'm following. Mm. Uh, I know a lot, a lot of like his teaching and uh, those kind of things, but I don't right. know who he is as a person. And so that's, that was kind of my, the spirit used that as kind of this uh, igniting this fire in me uh, trajectory that really um, changed my life about six years ago, and ha- has I feel like I've been riding a wave that's never mm-hmm. uh, crested, it's never broken yet, and mm-hmm. it's just been it's been awesome. That's really cool, man. Well, praise God that you're a part of this really wonderful ministry that has um, discipled so many people, and and I've been blessed by the ministry of See Jesus. The books that they've put out have been just absolutely wonderful, and I've used them a lot in our um, sermon series for, um, our youth ministry. Um, and so I, ha- I always ask this question, Robert, uh, to everyone. And if you're willing, I would love to hear, um, maybe one, uh, em- embarrassing or maybe funny story, uh, that you'd be willing to share of you when you were a teenager oh, or, a le- or a learning moment. <laughs> yeah. I thought of a few that I probably can't share. I feel on the air. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> okay, well, after this, you can tell me. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, hilarious. So, um, yeah, so so one of those was this was actually like early college. So, uh, 
Okay. Uh, just out of my teenage years, um, I was working in Yellowstone National Park and uh, with my roommate and went out to the Yellowstone River, was fishing, and this giant bull moose uh, oh. decided to get in the river where I was fishing. And my roommate is on the shore and he's got his camera out and he <laughs> yes, is, there's always a camera. <laughs> he's, he's taking pictures and yelling at me, Robert, this moose is coming at you. And about that time I catch a fish. So I'm like reeling this fish in. Not, this is not a joke. Reeling this fish in while this moose is coming at me. And I turn around, he's about 10 feet from me, charging, like shaking (gasps) his rack in the water. And I just took off running in waders, like up to my waist in water. Oh, Uh, no. And I think when I took off running, it kind of spooked him a little bit. So Mm -hmm. he he shot kind of sideways and then just stopped and looked at me. And so we had this face off in the middle of the river. (laughs) And my roommates was taking pictures of it. Of course, this was in the days of, you know, having to take it and get it printed. And so when we got the pictures back, it was pretty awesome. Oh my, yes, you will. I might have, yeah, that'll, and I'll just, um, I'll hang it up on my wall and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just be like, oh yeah, this one day, you know, it was, uh, it was crazy. Oh, okay. So back up. I have so many questions now. Oh gosh. Okay. So what did you work at Yellowstone for? That's so cool. Yeah, it was, I've just always loved the outdoors and been oh. involved in God's creation. I was a fisheries biology major and uh, before I went to seminary. So uh, I love being out in God's creation. Just worked as a busser in a restaurant and That's I cool. did it two summers. And then I was like a housekeeping, I cleaned cabins yeah. and stuff. See, everyone yeah. listen, Everyone who knows me who's listening right now is going, oh, great, Evan, please <laughs> don't go down the outdoor <laughs> rabbit hole. Because I know you could just talk about this with Robert for 20 years. So because because I swear I put in some sort of like hiking or climbing metaphor in all my oh, that's awesome. <laughs> or like, that's yeah, I went to Harches National Park and it was, you know, and I just turn it into something. So okay, I, I'll try I not to, to Yeah, I have fishing <laughs> fishing metaphors. And yeah, stuff fishing in metaphors, yeah. you know. You know, sin is the hook, and that fish will. He he bit the bait, and he went down a road he never thought he'd go down. You know, <laughs> I've used that one so many times. Oh, man, that's, that's great. great. Awesome. So a different okay. a different podcast, Evan. You and I yes. can talk so I'll, outdoors. I'll do I'll yeah. do a ministry outdoor uh, <laughs> podcast <laughs> one of these days. Cool. Okay. So yeah, that's a. Uh, so what was the lesson learned, Robert? Let go of the fish. <laughs> Yeah. That's yeah, so great. Was, yeah. And I, well, by the time I got to the bank running from this thing, it had stopped and uh, it got to the bank before I did and uh-huh. had taken off and harassed a bunch of other fishermen too. So it's it pretty oh, fun. That's great. I love it. I love stories like that. Cool. Well, Robert, I want to, let's, let's kind of dig deep into some of the stuff that I know you, you've been wanting to talk about and, and, um, Looking at today, uh, we're looking at what it means to really love the person of Jesus um, and why that's important and how parents can help fall in love with Jesus and help their teens fall in love with Jesus. Um, But for for some of those lists, for some people listening, they go, well, Evan, I'm listening to your podcast. I go to church. Um, You know, I, I love Jesus. So Robert, can you explain what it means to fall in love with the person of Jesus, 
Um, and the difference that is between what um, what he taught and, and why that's so important. Can you kind of pull the yeah, shovel out yeah. and start digging into that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I think I think for, you know, this is from, I'm speaking from just personally how this has impacted me. Mm -hmm. uh, so this may not apply to everyone, but I do sure. think that um, oftentimes when I said that I was in love with Jesus, I was in love with Jesus because uh, I understood very importantly, right, and rightly, that he was the perfect sacrifice. He took right. my place on the cross. Uh, he atoned for my sin. He provided, he justified me and provided my access to the throne and uh, all those wonderful truths, right? right? And so I think my love for Jesus was often attached to what he had done for me. So it's almost like this, uh, narcissistic love in a sense like yeah yeah i love I jesus of it because, that way. Of, right. because of what he gives me right um, totally and so i think uh, the best way i've figured out how to explain it is you know when i was in college uh this i was a junior in college uh i wasn't walking around going man i just really love this idea of marriage marriage is just <laughs> God's design for marriage is just wonderful. Now, maybe there are probably 99% of women walking around the campus thinking that. But oh, as a man, no. I was not. That's hilarious. Uh, I was, you know, I was not yeah. thinking this is God's great design. Um, but I, but my my wife, who walked onto the campus as a freshman and I was a junior, and I got introduced to her through my friend. Um, and I started spending time with her and getting to know her and what, what does she like and what, um, what are the things that, uh, mm. what's her personality like, mm, uh, yeah. how do I, how do I get to know her better? As I started spending time with her, I realized that I had fallen in love with a person. Mm, sure. And then now 23 years later, the truth of God's design for marriage is really sweet to me. Mm. Uh, I, I've, I love that truth, but I, but I didn't fall in love with that truth first. I fell in love with the person. And so I think that sometimes we've gotten the cart before the horse and right. we kind of said, Hey students, Hey son or daughter, like even with my own kids, like, mm. Hey, I want you to love the scriptures. I want you to love the, this truth. And we right. really do want them to do that. Sure. But until they are in love with the person of truth, then they may not. They, they, truth may be like trying to eat styrofoam to them. <laughs> um, you know, it's just. Uh, but when you give them, man, this person, this dynamic person, like, how do I, how do I get to know him? What is Jesus like as a person? What if I get, mm. if I sit down and get to know a person? What am I doing? I'm asking them questions. I want to know what what makes them sad, what makes them happy, what really yeah. gets them excited, what do they love to do, mm -hmm. all those things. And all those things are in the scriptures for us, but our eyes are trained to see things more in a, uh, through ideas and through truths and through principles totally. rather than through a person. So that's, uh, that's kind of a, a quick summary of, of what it is. So, no, that's great. It's almost kind of like, kind of like what you're saying you need to I don't know it's it I think it's easy 
for us, like, I don't know, I, I'm thinking of evangelism, you know, you go to, to a youth group and you speak about evangelism, but they don't even really, yeah, I yeah. mean, they're, belie- you know, they're believers, um, but like, if they're not in love with Jesus, the person yes. of Jesus, yeah, then their excitement to evangelize is going to be very slim. And so we yeah. think all oh, these teens, they just don't want to evangelize. It's like, well, we probably haven't really started with the right thing yet. We haven't taught yeah. them first to fall in love with this person mm-hmm. and then they'll just, and then that'll, I don't know, follow through or do the ABCs or whatever. And the next one is just, Oh yeah. Now I, I am psyched to share about Jesus because yeah. I've gotten to know him and I want other people to get to know him the way I have. Yes. Amen. Um, yeah. The person of Jesus is yeah. the greatest apologetic we have. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's huge. Um, Okay, cool. So why do you, um, why, why should teens, maybe specifically teens fall in love with the person of Jesus? What will um, the quote unquote results be if they begin this, this journey? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think for teens, it, it does go back to this truth idea. Um, you know, we, and this relationship idea, right? There's, you know, a lot of statistical evidence shows that the majority of people come to faith in their teenage years. Mm. And, and I think that part of that is because they're so geared towards relationship and, and the church has done a wonderful job at, in youth ministries to, in student ministries to, to really create, like, this is a relationship that you're coming into with, mm-hmm. with the Lord and, and God is a relational God. Right. Um, so we, we, they long to be in a relationship. And I think, um, you know, helping them see that Jesus isn't just an idea. He's not just, hmm. just a theological construct, but this sure. is a person. And yeah. he defines for, uh, yeah, I think a bigger question, if we look at the impact of secularism hmm. uh, as a whole on our generation, and man, I, Evan, I'm battling this in my own home on a daily basis. Like the, the world, I call it the world of Adam and the world of Jesus, like the the world of Adam is always tugging at my children, mm. um, and secularism has done a really great job, uh, quote unquote, great job uh, of defining for our our kids what it means to be human. Yeah. And so the the invitation to say, this is what it means to be human. It means mm. to to express whatever desire you have in your hearts for you sure. to be you. Uh, mm-hmm. to pursue your dreams and yeah, Disney, uh, follow your heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it is all over the place. Yeah. Kid, it's the, it's the air that we breathe in the world of Adam. And it really is. And it seems very appetizing. It is. It's yeah, very, absolutely. very magnetic. It's yeah. 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 And I, and I think just like Jesus is defining for us what it means to be human. I mean, I, Evan, I had this, like, this was about five years ago. This just hit me. And I, and I don't know why as a follower of Jesus for, I'm 49 years old, like for, for 40 years of my life, why this had never hit me. Mm -hmm. Um, Or perhaps I'd never even heard it, but it was, it was this moment where I thought, man, I'm created in God's image. Uh, I'm, distinctly made by God as a human. Hmm. 
if I want to know what it means to live as a human and what that's supposed to look like, maybe I should watch the perfect human, the God, man, Jesus Christ live life mm, and, yeah. and learn from him. As he says in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, that my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Learn from me. Yeah. But what does he mean to learn from it? Like <laughs> that, you know, in my, in my good gospel transformation language that, you know, the, the default is, well, I can't really do that. So right. I remember that I'm covered in his righteousness and I, right. I yep. live by faith again. But no, the reality is the spirit of Jesus is alive in me. I can yeah. live as a follower of Jesus, not perfectly, but by his grace and the power of the spirit, I can. Yeah. So I think, I think for students, they're asking, they may not be cognitively asking that question. What does it sure. mean to love? What does it mean to be human? Totally. But I think secularism is defining that for them constantly. Mm. Yeah. So the, the, the beautiful alternative is that we have a person to offer. Secularism yes. has ideas. That's true. Have yeah. Person. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. Wow. So, and I think the result of that is we end up having an entire generation uh, that knows how to love. Yeah. Uh, if they're in love with Jesus and they're learning what love looks like, they, they learn what compassion is. They learn how to do honesty. They learn how to live in dependence. They learn how to live, uh, do life through prayer, just like Jesus did. Mm. Uh, and we get a whole transformational change, generational change of a bunch of students who, whose hearts know what it means when someone says love them or love your enemies. It's not right. just a construct, but they right. watched, watched a person live it. Or not just the truths of just, Hey, be nice. Yeah. Be, be a good yeah. person. Be a, yeah. be a, you know, you know, tie your shoes straight and wear a collar and look, you know, it's, yeah, it's like straight up, you know, when they understand the person of Jesus, it's going to be more than just be a good person. Yes. It's it's going yeah. to be way more. That's so cool. I am yeah. you're blowing me away right now. <laughs> I just want to sit and listen to you for like 3 more hours and have you explain this. This is awesome. Oh, so, well. <laughs> you're you're gracious. Uh, thank you. Well, so let's um I want to I want to give people like good practical tools yeah. of of how yeah. to of how to really do this and and how to when they're studying their Bible, how to really slow down Yes, and, amen. And 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 look at the person of Jesus, right? Because I feel like even you know, adults, teens, whoever, whether they've been believers for a long time or not, I think maybe we can miss things uh, of the yeah. personhood because we're so trained to look at his good, awesome truths and look at mm -hmm. the the lesson of the truths, but then miss the person. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I thought it'd be cool if maybe you could um kind of give us like a like a very quick, a quick, I don't know, just Bible study of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, of well, John, of John, like, I don't know, maybe not super quick, but you know what I'm saying? Just like something where, um, and I thought of John 13, one through five. And if we could maybe, or if you could just maybe put the, the slow-mo camera on that passage. Hey, um, hey, Evan, could I, could I switch text with you and do Mark five? Yes, let's do it. Here we okay. go, please. <laughs> I am, I am just, I'm just learning. Let's go. I love this. Uh, I think I told you, a, a, you know, our first lesson in the student uh, version of the POJ, the person of Jesus study, mm -hmm. 
that's getting ready to come out. We do start with John 13, but yes, I, and I that's wanted, what, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Mark 5 has just been riveting to me in the last month, and okay. it's, I just, it's just really fun. This so, is this great, I'm so this excited. Whole, <laughs> this whole story takes place in Capernaum. Okay, Capernaum is kind of Jesus' hometown, is what Matthew 4 tells us, right? This is where Jesus ended up living, which is really fascinating because there's lots of uh, lots of need in Capernaum. It's okay. it's archaeologists have uh, have summarized that Capernaum was was not a prominent wealthy city. It was likely full of um, even some of the archaeological digs they found the the stonework and stuff represents a poor community, mm. which totally makes sense why Jesus would move there and make <laughs> that his hometown. Sure. Um, so anyway, we get this like he comes off the shore. After without going through the whole thing, he's he's basically been in the storm, calmed the storm, gone okay. to heal yep. the demoniac uh, over on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and then travels back. And there's an entire crowd probably wondering. Alfred Edersheim says there's a crowd on the beach probably wondering if Jesus and his disciples have sunk. Mm. Like, did they die in the storm? Mm. Then they see him coming on the horizon, and a giant crowd gathers on the shore of Capernaum. And then Jesus gets on the shore of Capernaum. Jairus, is, Jairus comes and says, hey, my daughter's dying. Come heal her. Right, and then yeah. Jesus is walking through the crowd, and the, the bleeding woman reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. Yes. So that's where I want to sit for a second. Okay, let's so do it. So in Mark 5, um, starting in verse 29, it says, uh, well, we'll start a little bit earlier. Verse uh, 25, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in a crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Mm. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding are against you, his disciple answered, <laughs> and you can ask who touched me? <laughs> yeah. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your from your suffering. So mm. there's so I want to just zoom in on this this moment of imagine walking through the crowd. Jesus, uh, someone reaches out and touches him. And Jesus, it says that Jesus at once realized that power had gone out of him, and he turned around and asked, Who touched my clothes? I like to ask, like, what was what was that moment like? What was that turnaround for Jesus hmm. when he turns around in the crowd? And I think for me, it it used to be like I kind of felt like Jesus was a little bit annoyed, like <laughs> somebody tugged on my garment, like what's going on? That's very um, American of us. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Why'd you touch me? Get out of here. Yeah, what, who? yeah <laughs> somebody just picked my pocket. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I, as I look at that, and I, 
it's so this is like you said, Evan, it's slowing down in the text. And I think what we've part of what we've not been good at is teaching people to use their imaginations. So just to sit mm. in a scene and to use your imagination for a moment, right? We're not, we're not getting on any sacred breaking <laughs> second commandment <laughs> issues, but just thinking through yeah. like, what was Jesus like in this moment Yeah, when he turned around and then asked that question, who touched my clothes was most of the time we would say, well, Jesus is God. He knows exactly why is he asking this question? Right. Uh, but I think, I think the, the reality is, is that based on base 32, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. I don't think he actually knew who touched him. Mm -hmm. I think he's really asking who touched me. Yeah. And I think he's asking that because he knows it's like his compassion radar mm -hmm. is on. Yeah. And as soon as he was touched, there was a ping on his radar. And he was like, that's one of mine. Yeah. Someone totally. reached out in faith and touched me. And they're at the bottom. They're needy. Hmm. And she's this person is one of mine. I don't know where they are, but I want to find them. So this turn, even some, some translations say he immediately turned around. Like there's this sense of excitement hmm. in Jesus when he turns around. And then the, the fact that he... Like, Evan, what do you think that looking was like in verse 32? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Well, I mean, if there's this huge crowd, and it's, I, re, I think of it as like being in a concert, you know, when, when you save a seat for someone and you're kind of, you're looking over heads and you're looking close, you, and you're, you can't really tell if they're close or far away, or maybe that, you know, I don't know. So I don't know. He's probably just looking at people's faces. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Trying to just, you know, intently find the person, yeah. you know, with intentionality. Yes, absolutely. I think, to, I mean, think about this is the incarnate son of God who's willing to be interrupted, mm. who's, right. whose compassion and willingness sits at the center of the universe, right? Mm. When we're watching Jesus, we're watching God. Sure. What he is wow. like. And so here he is like turning with excitement He's, he's just searching, longing, looking for this person, this needy person that reached out in faith to touch him. And, and I just love that moment that when he finally finds her, you can almost picture the crowd parting and she's like mm -hmm. down on the ground, mm -hmm. trembling and in fear is what it says. Mm -hmm. you know, perhaps she's tried to touch another him uh, of a garment of another rabbi yeah. and gotten rebuked for it because yeah. now she's transferred her uncleanness to someone else. And right, right. The beautiful gospel connection is that Jesus, he doesn't turn around with rebuke, but he turns around embracing and yeah, saying, and I yes, bet I yeah. take on your uncleanness because that's, that's who I am. And she might've been, even been thinking of that, right? Yeah, of, absolutely. Oh, great. Here we go again. Yeah. You know, like, I touched, why do I have to keep touching yeah. these dudes' hymns? I just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, haven't I learned my lesson? And then, but this yeah. time it's different. Yeah. 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 And then he just, those gracious words, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I mean, there's, there is a total transformation of her life that has happened because she's had this 12 year problem, mm. right? And part of what we do in these, in these studies, just slowing down, right? Well, let's incarnate with the woman for a minute, right? Yeah. She's she's had 
she's got a condition called anemia, yeah, which means you're, you know, she's got low iron in her blood. And I know this because my wife suffered that from that for seven years. And this woman had dizziness. She, she had probably heart, heart problems because of this. She had fatigue. Um, she, she was not welcomed in her community. She was considered, probably had to proclaim unclean, unclean everywhere she went. And now all of that's gone and she's fully restored. And there's been resurrection in her life that has just been really beautiful. Yeah. And that's, so Evan, that just gives you, that's a taste of like what it means. And we do that in the, and we do that in the student person of Jesus study. We do that through interactive questions. All mm. our see Jesus stuff is just interactively que asking questions mm -hmm. and allowing people to discover. And it, that's mm -hmm. part of the fun of doing it with your own, you know, with, the parents being able to do these studies with their own kids at home. Yeah. The parent doesn't have to feel like the resident theologian. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, which I know is intimidating. Yeah. They don't have to have an MDiv just to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every time, every time I, I slow scripture down and I start to really, you know, kind of use my imagination or, or put my, put myself in their shoes or really look at Jesus's actions and words. Every time yeah. I'm always like, I just want to be more like Jesus and what he does and who he is all the yeah. like more yeah. now. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, he, he just got off of a, he just, he said, he just healed the, I can't even say the word demoniac. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just got off this super torrential storm. I mean, you know, he was fully human. So I'm sure he was kind of just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and then he gets in this crowd and he's walking and then, then he gets stopped. And I want to be the kind of person when, even if I've had a rough day, I don't ever want to, I still want to be intentional, just yeah. like how Jesus was. Yeah. When that woman yeah. touched him, he still was excited. He was, mm -hmm. oh man, another, per uh, it wasn't, oh, another person. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. Oh, another person that I get to minister to let like, where mm -hmm. are they? And I can just see in my mind's eye, just Jesus, like, you know, frantically, I just want to, I don't know. Every time I study the person of Jesus, I'm like, man, I just want to be this guy. Yeah. yeah. And I Amen. just fall in love with him and, and how, and how he just genuinely cares for people and loves people and, and is compassionate. It's just, it's just good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I'm with you, man. I think there's, you know, and, and just, just thinking about like, what does that mean for, for parents um, sure. who you minister to, you know, just thinking like there's a, there's a part of me that says that wants to encourage them as just in their own life to, for themselves to slow down mm -hmm. and to fall in love with Jesus. Uh, because I think their kid, like, I really do think, this is true in my own life that um, looking at the person of Jesus brings transformation in your life. It's the most sanctifying thing you can do mm. to, to begin to bear the fruit of the spirit that God gives. And, and I, watching him live life and learning from him and just slowing down to think through those questions, right? Mm -hmm. Um of, of 
what does it look like? What, what actually, not, not necessarily what biblical principle should I apply here in my life? Yes, exactly. But how, how would Jesus respond? How would yeah. he, how would he act? How would he provide space in this moment? Hmm. Like different, different yeah. things that, that have, uh, I describe it kind of, I think I've told you this before, Evan, in a, our, just our own conversations. It's kind of like Velcro, um, of the God, Jesus is kind of the Velcro of the gospel. Yeah. Uh, you know, like those old suits, uh, and gosh, it was probably in the nineties now, but <laughs> you know, the Velcro walls and people with Velcro suits on and run and stick on the wall. Oh, I love I those. Like, yeah. Yeah. Have you done that? Yes. I've done it one time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I did it one time too. And that was it. One, <laughs> nice. one time. And, uh, but it's like, I feel like that's what we're doing. We're kind of giving a lot of really good gospel transformation language. Sure. But we're leaving like the Velcro, the person. Mm. If we're giving the person, it's it's reduced Jesus to kind of this 72-hour window of death and resurrection, mm-hmm. but not kind of who he is. And mm. I, I, I think Jesus, the person of Jesus is the Velcro, the gospel message. Mm. Yeah. So is there a way... Um, for, for somebody listening, is there a way to gauge where you're at, um, to tell if you love the person of Jesus or just his teaching? I mean, I mean, somebody's probably listening and just going, Whoa, I, uh, <laughs> I want to, I don't know. I need to figure out where I'm at. Is, is that a, or is that a mm. weird question? Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a hard question, but I think it's a good one. Here's, mm. and I think, I think what I was just saying hit, hits on that a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, if there, no, but I, it's still, I think, uh, are we, am I doing life through biblical principles? Hmm. Like, okay. That's okay, a great, yeah. like we right. should be, right? Totally. We should be. But are we also, um, is my first, and, and this is just what shifted in my own heart, Evan, over the years, is trying to figure out life through gospel principles and then, and now taking those gospel principles, but the person of Jesus is at the center of them. Got and it. I'm asking, how does this man who's at the center of this gospel do life in this situation? Yeah. Um, and it is, and I, you know, oftentimes I get a little bit of criticism of people who are skeptical over the, well, you're just talking about the, what would Jesus do? Movement. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, uh, well, yeah, there's actually some good things about <laughs> still me asking that, that question. Yeah. yeah. And not that it becomes this legalistic, like, yeah, totally. I can actually do all of it and exactly perfectly without sin like Jesus. That's not what we're getting at. But there is some really legitimate things to be said Got about it. saying, man, how did Jesus do life in this moment? Hmm. Yeah. That's good. Okay. That's awesome. So maybe there is a parent listening who wants to help their teen or even themselves fall more in love with the person of Jesus. Um, So you walking through Mark has been huge in helping, helping us understand that. How can, how can they um, help? How can they fall in love with the person of Jesus every day? What's some, maybe what's some things that you've learned that has taught you how to just um, just really look at the person while they're studying scripture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you've said it many times, Evan, slowing down. Cool. I just think that's key. And I think, I, I think I first learned that from John MacArthur. 
yeah. years ago, he had written something on, you know, it's like how to study the Bible or something like that. Mm. And he was just saying, Hey, what if, uh, what if you like became a master of the book of James and mm. you spent six months or a year in the book of James? Mm. Like most of us would kind of like, frantically what? go, whoa, <laughs> wait, I got to read through the Bible in a year. I got to, you know, I got to have Old Testament, New my, Testament, my, Psalms, my, like yeah. got to have the right system. Yeah. And I think, I think, man, what would have, when I was converted at like nine or 10 years old, what if I had somebody say, hey, for the next 66 years, <laughs> uh, you get to take one book a year and mm, just immerse yourself in it. Like, That's cool. How awesome would that be? That is great. Um, so I think slowing down, giving yourself the freedom to use your imagination okay. uh, in a story, immerse yourself, incarnate with the people in the characters uh, of the stories. Um, I think there's, yeah, I think those are two, two key ways. Okay. Practical I, ways. I was just thinking of, uh, <laughs> that should be the new, um, that should be the new Bible app program, the 66 year plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Wouldn't that be yeah. hilarious if they put yeah. that on there and then it's like, like what? Yeah. It's been 66 years. <laughs> Yeah, that's We're gonna great. Start Genesis. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so great. It would probably get a little old reading Philemon for a year, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You would you'd probably have that whole thing memorized. You wouldn't even have to open it yeah. up after uh after a couple of months. You'd just be like, yeah. okay, what does Philemon say? And you just yeah. walk through it in your brain. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so let's so I want to um maybe encourage some parents a little. I know um I know there are parents out there who just, they, they get this, they're in love with the person of Jesus, um, but their teens aren't. Um, mm. And they have, um, they just, their hearts are kind of breaking a little bit more and more every day because they see their teen and the choices they're making. And maybe it's apathy or they're just following the lust of their flesh or they're just, or they just don't care. You know, like they mm. just, maybe they, maybe their kid is a Christian, but they've heard it all. And, you know, they've been a believer since they were six when they gave their life at VBS. And, you know, I don't know, but what, um, what would you, what would you say to, to encourage some parents right now who, man, they really just want their teens to fall in love with Jesus. But, um, I don't know, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind yeah. of a, a, a mountain to climb. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I'm certainly in the middle of some of those with my own kids and been mm. through a lot of those with my own kids. And, you know, this is a, a concept that really Paul Miller, um, as I was coming on with See Jesus, I was listening to some things that Paul had done and he kept talking about Jesus giving space. And I was like, what in the world are you talking about? So I was like, mm. Paul, you got to explain this to me. It was okay. just a, such a helpful helpful thing thinking about this for parents. Like there is so many times in scripture where um, Jesus just asks a question mm. and then sometimes doesn't even answer it, mm. but just lets the question sit. And so, um, and the way that Jesus operates in his life, he, he trusts the spirit so much that he's, he's never white knuckling the steering wheel, you know, in his, like 
I think I do that a lot of times as a parent. I'm like, oh no, my son screwed up. Uh, my daughter did this or said this, or I see a pattern in her life mm. and I start to white knuckle the steering wheel. Like, oh no, like gloom and doom in my mind. <laughs> like they're going down this road. They're going to, you know, there's no return. Right. And I think, I think being able to, again, look at the way Jesus does life in situations like that. And he just leaves space and, and waits, right. And, mm. and trusts the spirit and talks to his father and like the rich young ruler, right. Yeah. It says, you know, here's this man, he, Jesus asked that question, that piercing question, um, you know, are you going to sell all that you have and give it to the poor? Yeah. And the man goes away sad. Well, yeah. Jesus doesn't run after him and grab his coattails and drag him back and say, no. And here we're talking about the incarnate son of God, the greatest evangelist that has ever lived. <laughs> That's true. And yeah. people and people walk away. Walk away. Yeah. And Jesus is okay with that. Mm. But he's he's not okay in the sense of like it doesn't break his heart. Like I think it breaks our hearts when we see our kids straying, mm. but it's the, it's the trust that he has in his father mm. and the trust in the spirit working that he doesn't have to panic in every situation because he knows, he knows this, they're in his father's hands. And I think that's, you know, for, for parents who have kids that are, grappling with that they just don't seem to care just give them time give them space mm. to wrestle with their faith um you know interesting going back to mark 5 evan there is because this was jesus hometown it is it is highly likely jesus taught in the synagogue a lot mm. it is highly likely that jairus that he knew jairus personally because he was a leader in the synagogue. Yeah. And he was, why, why didn't Jesus, like his daughter was pro had probably been sick for a while. Yeah. Um, but why all of a sudden sure. does Jesus respond and go? It's yeah. because Jairus actually came to a place of neediness and sought Jesus out and said, I need you. Totally. Here. And the same with the woman. I mean, Jesus could have, like this woman was in the same hometown as Jesus for a long time. And Jesus yeah. could have encountered her before. That's true. But he was giving space, waiting on faith to emerge. And I think that's uh, mm. that's a principle I've just used and learned in parenting to not freak out. Um, <laughs> my, you know, my son is uh, is dating someone now, and. <clears throat> We're not big fans of our kids dating in high school, and I've always been pretty against it. Um, and we're still not quite to the exclusive dating thing because I don't like it. Um, yeah. But right now, I'm trying. I'm just trying to tell myself, like Robert, just give space, like trust the Spirit, mm -hmm. pray, pray for them constantly, and don't white knuckle this thing. Mm -hmm. but just have engaging, just engaging snippets of conversation, keep loving, keep praying and keep giving space and trust the spirit. That's yeah. Yeah. That's hard. All when we, it when, really is. Cause yeah. you know, when we're, I mean, 
you know, I have a three-year-old and a, and a, and a one-year-old and I already want a white knuckle <laughs> yeah. every, you know, yeah. everything. Oh, my, my oldest Ezra, he's three, he, he, you know, oh no, he's, he's, he's wrestling. He's, he's hitting Jasper. He's going to go down a road of, of being <laughs> abused, you know, and I'm just, you know, our, our, our minds can just, we just go down all the worst scenarios. And you know, what's also interesting too, as I was thinking about processing what you're saying is the prodigal son's father didn't chase him down. He let him, he let him take his inheritance and leave. Um, but I, I mean, but he was there and waiting, I mean, yeah. waiting for his son to return and yeah. talk about trust. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know many parents nowadays, if that happened, that could do that. Like, mm. you know, I mean, they just, it's so, and, and, but then the moment that, that the you know, when the, when the, when the boy or the, the son was in the pigsty and just like, man, it's better to be in my father's house. I mean, you know, and then we know the rest of the story. Right. And, um, it's just, okay. That encourages me. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great, uh, that's an awesome example of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you think about, I mean, just think about the space, the time, the the space, yeah, the patience of God as as Peter talks about, you know, a thousand days is like a year for his return. Like he's just more people are coming into his kingdom. His patience is just, yeah. yeah. Well, I will definitely pray for you and your wisdom with uh, your son. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I really will. And uh, because I know dating is no small feat for any family, no matter who they are. It is, it is a, it's always an interesting journey. Yes. Um, Cool. Well, Robert, before we close, man, is there any, any kind of last remarks you just want to leave to encourage parents love on them or, or yeah, any, anything you just want to add, man? Yeah, I would just, just a final comment, just to, just to encourage parents, like you're, you're, you're giving your children the most beautiful person that has ever lived. Mm, And you're, you're helping them have a better vision of the good, the true and the beautiful, right. Than the world is offering and the world can't offer uh, this, this beautiful person. And, and, and that's a gift and that to, to grow up with believing parents who, who long to give that, that's, um, there's yeah. no, no greater gift than you can give than, uh, helping them see the beauty of Jesus. Yeah. It's no small task, but luckily we have, we have the same person Yeah, we're giving out that's helping us. Yeah. To do that. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> that's awesome. Amen. Well, Robert, Thank you so much, man. Seriously, it's been yeah, a, it's, it's, it's been a it's been a treat and a joy to to talk with you for the last couple of minutes, and uh, I really appreciate everything you're doing. So, thank you yeah, so much, Robert. Thank you. Thanks, Heaven, for having me. Appreciate yep. it. Thank you so much for listening to Teens Need Grace. If you would like the show notes, ways to connect with us, or any of the resources Pastor Evan mentioned, please visit us online at fsmlife.church/podcast. We're trying to get the word out about this podcast. You can help us out by telling your friends, sharing this episode on social media, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks.